You're listening to The Marketing Trench, the official podcast where no real estate professional gets left behind in the pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. A podcast designed to help you build the foundation of a powerful real estate career. Join real estate experts Ricardo Bueno, Marketing Technology Director at West, Dustin Stevie, CEO of Lighthouse Escrow, and Scott Shang, partner at Bywise Mortgage and founder of Find My Way Home, as they bring you real-world strategies, marketing ideas, and solutions straight from the trench. <laughs> okay. Welcome to episode three. Uh, We're screwed up. You're about to be screwed up. Hope you have a good time. <laughs> So today we're going to dig into the topic of databases. And the problem with the database is that you don't have one. So we're going to talk about why the heck that is. And the first the first thing I want to bring up here with the database question is, why are they so hard? Like, what makes a database so challenging to put together? Because it's all over the place and people get frustrated. Well, it's also, it's an extra step. You know, it's a, it's, you have to take information from one place and put it into another. It requires a certain amount of discipline. And sometimes, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, you're just like, you're jamming all the time. You're not always stopping to collect everything and organize. We don't have the time. (laughs) We don't have the time is one way, but another way is I think databases are sold to us as being this big grand Goliath that's going to solve all your problems. Right. And when it really is as simple as someplace to store a name, phone number, an email address of somebody, that, that's what it could be. But we're sold to, we're, we're, it's sold to us as, uh, as uh, this will do this, this will do that. And you put in all this information and all this AI <laughs> is attached. And right, right. All this kind of stuff. And it makes it. Selling I think features. It, yeah, yeah. They're selling you features when the reality is you just you just need someplace to keep all of your information in one place. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think about with Lighthouse, for example, we, we've used a couple databases. And the last one we used, I got it because it had all of these features, right? Mm-hmm. Download it, pay a bunch of money, and then come to find out that all the features they promised were just Zapier integrations. <laughs> it was like, so you don't do anything but integrate with Zapier. <laughs> got it. Um, but, but part of what sort of hamstrung me going into it was that I was thinking about all those features and I'm like, I have to use them all. I have to have triggers for this and that. And I, you know, like, what's the point of putting in name email if I don't have triggers for them, you know, that would be great if I could do that. Oh, trigger this automation. It'll automatically do this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And it was too much. It was just too big of a hill to climb. And of course, you know, the other thing is, is that every time I've purchased a CRM, I'm interested to hear what you guys say about this, but whenever I purchase CRM, the sales guys are like, Oh, we got this team. They're going to onboard you. And then the onboarding (laughs) team is like, here's an instruction manual. Have fun. And I'm like, I thought you were going to help. They're like, we did. We just, we literally just PDFG the instruction manual. <laughs> you know? Thank you. Or, or here's our help desk. Yeah. Here's our help here's, desk. Here's our webinar. Well, so, the, the, the challenge is, is, is there's, there is a CRM as a product and then there's a CRM how you would use it. So it's sold as a completed home and then you purchase a lot. Yes, and they say, yes. here's a lot and a roll of blueprints. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? And, that, and that's what it is. is it's, it's, that, uh, it's that disconnect. And I think there's also the challenge that if you're working with a company um, and you're putting it into their system. There's the that, fear of losing that. There's the, well, there's the fear of losing that. And, and then maybe there's also you have a comfort level because it's already over there. Yeah. You're used to the thing you're used to. 
Yeah. I think, I think one of the most effective pieces of advice that we've given to people is to start where you're at and put in the easiest things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's totally okay to take a CRM and for months at a time, only input name and email address, first name, last name, email. Like if, if that's all you did with a CRM just to get going, that's fine. Just take that step. And then once you have that in, you know, come back in and start backfilling phone numbers, physical addresses, birthdays. See what I, I, if we back up a little bit though, I still think there's a huge sense of overwhelm with what CRM should I use, right? People don't get started simply because they get stuck at that step. Yeah. That's a good point. So we, even picking the CRM has been hard. And so I think we say this all the time. I know I do when I go on appointments, it's I'm product agnostic it doesn't matter what CRM you use. Literally, I would start with stuff that's member benefit. Always start with stuff that's member benefit. If you're with First Team, if you're with uh, EXP, you have access to KV Core, right? Mm-hmm. So you can use that. If you're a CRMLS member, or depending on what MLS you're a part of, um, different MLS across the country, but uh, Lion Desk is a member benefit through CRMLS. I would literally not go down the rabbit hole of... I have one client who we've met with for two, three months now. And every time we meet again, it's the same conversation. He's stuck. Have you seen this CRM? Check out these features. Have you seen this CRM? Check out these features. Yeah. Stop chasing the features and literally just get into a system, any system, and start, like you said, piecemealing it together, baby steps at a time. Yeah, yeah. What What are some other things? Let's just assume for a second that you don't have a CRM that's a member benefit and you are looking at the wide a range of CRMs that are out there. What are some criteria people can use to help filter out and determine what a good one is? Well, I mean, there are definitely industry-specific solutions. So depending on your industry, do a research best CRM for this. Ignore all the paid stuff in the top 10. Um, and then I would look for, listen, there's a, couple of, there's a couple of things that are really important is data portability is a big one. Um, how easy is it to get data in and how easy is it to get data out? And um, and then look for the support groups. Look for the support systems. I think you and I have seen stuff where we're trying to set up an automation and we can't zap stuff in, right? We're try we're trying to um, do things like that, and it it just breaks. For me, it's um, I just want to be able to set automatic email drip campaigns and automatic text drip campaigns. And you and I have looked at CRM where we we can do email, but we can't do text. Right. Yeah, text is a big one in in, in for today's either entrepreneur or professional, that the, the text is really huge. And as long as you're not abusing it, it's it's probably one of the more powerful communication methods that you're going to have. If they're expecting some follow-up, they took action, you got their information, they're expecting some sort of follow-up, uh, text is amazing. And if you can automate that, that's, um, that's a huge plus. So I would probably say that that, you know, the ability to text an email uh, is uh, is a great one. That's a good filter. Scott, you had mentioned uh, just a second ago, the community. What did you have in mind there? What does that look like? Well, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these products that I would call them, I would call them open products almost. So they, they really engage the community and the support community. And there's a lot of uh, user driven, uh, user driven um, content and use cases, content use cases, but also how are you using it? plugins, uh, how they're building it out, how people are using it. 
Um, look for Facebook or LinkedIn groups. You know, Salesforce is a huge, huge one. Um, but Salesforce is one of those Goliaths. Infusionsoft is one of those Goliaths that you can make it do anything. I I would say literally just look for something that that fulfills your minimum viable goal of what are you just trying to do. And I agree with you 100%. Um, I don't even know that you need to. Almost anybody can download their contacts from Google Google Contacts or your phone into right. a CSV file, upload those, and then spend time going through there and and uh, categorizing them. This is a friend. This is a client. This is somebody else. Um, but, yeah, having that in there is uh, – is super super valuable, and you know, it, as we were talking about this, we, we we were not only do you need a database in order to manage your day to day business, but um, as any sort of succession plan, or if you ever, you know, what do you plan on doing your doing with your business when you retire? Um, when you retire, you can't sell your reputation to somebody. You can sell them your database your contacts, all your past clients, all of you can reach out to them and say, hey, this person's taken over for me. Mm-hmm. But there is no value in your reputation. Right. So at least when we're talking in the real estate space, because we're all kind of in the real estate space, that's a big challenge for for real estate agents is you don't have great you know, retirement accounts and 401ks and things like that. So what do you do with your business? You don't want it to just die on the vine and that's where a database is super valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just, well, let's dive into that. So a couple of things that make databases valuable, I I guess I just sort of assume that anyone listening to this episode uh, thought databases were valuable, but maybe the reasons that we think they're valuable will be novel to some people. And I think Scott, what you just mentioned is one of them. I don't think too many people think of their database as an asset that can be sold. Yeah. So that's one. Um, What are a couple of other things that we've seen that makes databases valuable? Well, it goes back to our past client episode. Um, if you're not if you're not communicating and nurturing your past clients and staying communicating with your past clients, the only way to do that is to have them all in a centralized place. Right. Um, also, shifts in the market, market conditions, rates could go up, rates could go down, uh, recession could could come, home values could start sliding. Wouldn't you want to get a message out quickly to your to your database, to your clients that count on you to provide professional advice in this area of their life? Mm-hmm. If you want to communicate with those people quickly and efficiently, that's a database. Yeah. Right? So that's launching an email. That's launching a text. Gives you someone to market to without having to feel like you're starting from scratch every time. Right. Well, and it's also a conversation log. So if you've had a relationship with this person for 10 years, you can have a history of all of the things that you've done for them. So you don't have to forget it or so that you have to, so that you don't forget it so that you can remember it. Cause I mean, that's, that's pretty important when we get really, really busy, especially when we're in a transactional based, uh, uh, business like we are, you could deal with hundreds of people. A, a, a year, multiple hundreds of people in a, in a year. And you don't always remember the conversations you had with somebody before. And and that's, no, you don't, you don't remember where you left off. There's lots of times you talk to people and Ricardo can't remember what happened 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, what are we doing again? Why are we in this room? But that's right. It's outsourced memory. It's outsourced memory. It's uh, absolutely download your, download your brain into that thing. And, and then you don't have to remember. 
that's kind of um, David Allen's getting things done. That's kind of his concept is, is deal with it when it's right in front of you and then put it somewhere so that you know at this time I go over to this place and then I deal with everything. Yeah. It's just a way of compartmentalizing your 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 tasks or whatever. We know some teams that log everything in their CRM and it's because they, sh- you know, round robin leads to their agents and they want to have that conversation log and it's important. It's important to the transaction, to the relationship, to moving them down the funnel. I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm sure we've all been there where um, it's like we call in, we talk with somebody like maybe a service center for our car or something. Right. Or, you know, we're working with an IT help desk or something. We call in, we tell them everything we want. We're really thorough about it. And then we talk to the next person and they don't have a clue. <laughs> and it's like, seriously, I just gave you everything. Like, why do I have yeah. to do this again? Yeah. Right. So, uh, so if you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, well, I don't know. I'm on the fence about databases. Keep in mind that if you have a team and you are doing the round robin thing, you hate it when people don't know. So why would you make your clients feel that same frustration with you? Right. Well, and if you're running a team and you lose a team member, you don't want to lose everything that that team member has worked on. So I, I know, you know, that happens a lot where you have somebody who's working for you and they have all of these prospects or past clients assigned to them. And if they move, what happens? All of that work just goes away or do you just right. shift it over to the next person? Right. You know, and then the other thing is, uh, is, is follow up, you know, setting, um, give me a call in six months. Okay, cool. I'll set an alert, put it in your database. And then in six months, you can remember your conversation. Alert comes up in your database. You go in there, you look at your notes. It's you just remember like to you follow got off up. the phone with them. Yeah. You remember to follow up? Yeah. You look like a champion at that point. Look like a champ. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Ricardo wants to look like a champion right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly right. I mean, it's 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 those kinds of it's those kinds of follow ups too, which probably win more listings and or more business than anything else because it's like, all right, well, I told you to do something. Ninety nine percent of people wouldn't remember to do it. Yeah, you did it. You've got your act together. I want to work with somebody who has their act. I mean, no, nobody that I know of has ever had this thought. That guy has their act together. I never want to work with them. <laughs> yeah. But they've had the opposite thought. That guy's a mess. I don't ever want to work with them. How could he represent me if he's such a mess? Yeah. Well, in sales, follow-up is absolutely everything, yeah. especially in relationship-based sales, because it's not an impulse sale. It's a it's you're establishing a relationship and it's almost like it's almost like you're you're exhibiting the fact that you can um, make a promise and keep it. Hey, I'm going to call you on this day. And then you call them on this day. And then that's a slow process of earning the trust. Yeah. So let's talk uh, marketing automation. I yeah. don't think it's – some people might say, well, it's inauthentic. I want to follow up with all of my prospects. I want to handle the follow-up. I don't think there's anything wrong with setting up a custom email and drip campaign that is personalized and it looks like you're you're having one to many conversations but it's still very personalized. Doing it in a cool way. I mean so so most of the marketing automation that comes standard with you talk about member benefits uh Lion Desk is the is the big one. I think you actually created a course on that. Um, but the automation that goes in there, all it really is, is just to catch people at the right place at the right time, because as soon as they respond, it shuts off. What I don't like about automation that's unprofessional is that if they don't know that you already re- responded to it, right? So if somebody's just blasting stuff to you about something you already talked to them about, that's <laughs> unprofessional. But, yeah. but having automation to do some of the heavy lifting for you and, 
and trying to catch people at a, at a time when it's, uh, when it's convenient for them. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because most of that just comes right back to you. If they respond, it comes up on your text on your phone. If they respond to an email, it comes in your email box, and then yeah. you just pick up the conversation. Well, and the, you know, if there's any inauthenticity, it's because what you wrote down in your email was gimmicky. But yeah. here's the thing. If you were going to sit down and do this one at a time, probably the thing you were going to write down in that email was gimmicky. In other words, it has, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that you put it in a CRM versus Outlook. It has everything to do with the fact that you write like a gimmicky person would write. <laughs> you write a book that nobody's going to read. Right. I haven't heard from you in so long. I was wondering why you're not calling me back. <laughs> you know, is this Tinder? I just, want to, I just want to let you know that I'm here anytime you need me. Uh, no, the automation is like, yeah. hey, is now a good time to talk? If they don't respond, it's probably not a good time to talk. <laughs> but if they do, you pick up the conversation and you go. Those, yeah. those kinds of texts that. especially are most effective at 2 in the morning. Because you get like amazing response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another part of automation that uh, yeah, if it's not done right, then it, it looks hokey. No, but you're right. I mean, uh, I, that was that was cheesy and terrible. But um, <laughs> we're not going to let you go there. No, no. But your point, your point is exactly right. And it's like you know, people overthink it, right? They're like, oh, I got to write this this novel. No, you don't. Just what would you what would you text if you were texting a friend that you hadn't talked to in a while? And they come up and you just wanted to, you know, say, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's it. That's all it has to be. Um, we've put together, you know, uh, six month campaigns, year campaigns. And these aren't like texts or, or emails that go out, you know, seven days a week, three or four times a day. I mean, this is stuff that just drips, you know, here and there once a month, maybe, maybe, you know, twice a month occasionally. And it, it is, it's just, it's just status check. It's real. Like you want it to, you want it to be real. And if you don't, my opinion is, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of this. If as you're writing the campaign, it doesn't feel real to you, like yeah. what your ideal self would do if you were checking in in six months, probably you shouldn't write that in your campaign. <laughs> well, well, it also is, is if you were more organized and if you had nothing else to do, is it something you would send out anyhow? Yeah. So, so if you, if you thought it was a good idea to follow up with somebody five days after the last time or after they filled out a lead form or they came in or a phone call came in, if you thought it, keeping track of that is insane. Mm-hmm. So that's hmm. part of that's part of that unloading that and putting that off. But you don't want to be like the six year old in the back seat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. Are we there yet? You know? So this is a re-engagement campaign um, that I you and I, uh, or I got from you. So this is a re-engagement campaign that I told, uh, this agent, uh, Ray Miramontes. He's with Keller Williams. Um, I told him, send this to people that have been in your database for six months, but have gone cold mm-hmm. longer than six months. The email is super simple, super casual. It's not intrusive. It's not, Hey, do you want to buy? Hey, do you want to buy? But here it is. It says, Hey, Ricardo, we realize a lot of people are mostly just researching about buying or selling in the future. And a lot of our happiest clients started out that way. We wanted to reach out to you and let you know that we're here to answer any questions you may have. Whether you're looking to buy in two months or two years, we're okay with that. If you don't mind, email me back your story. Look forward to hearing from you. Talk soon. Thanks. So day one, day two, day three, it's a three-day campaign. By day two, about 24, 48 hours later, he had 175 responses to the auto tech strip that went out. 
And he said that 30, that's nuts. He said that 33 people that he engaged and connect with bought and sold with somebody else. There and you it, go. And, and I mean, he doesn't take that as a loss because he, he's tracking really well for the year. He doesn't take that as a loss. But if you look, like, there's money in your database. <laughs> 30 or 40 real estate transactions? <laughs> that is a loss. <laughs> that is more than a lot of people do in their whole career. Yeah, I mean, depending on... So now I'm running average commissions, 15,000 per an agent per deal. 10 is 150. Uh, so what 30 would be 450, mm-hmm. 450,000, definitely not a loss. I would probably, I mean, you know, who cares? Well, listen, you're not going to win them all. So you, you, you can't necessarily say that, but I guarantee you first, he, first of all, he sounds like somebody who's already pretty organized. Right, he already yeah. has a database that he could load the script in. You just gave him a strategy yeah. and the strategy was send this, this super soft email and, and personalized email out to anybody who's older than six months. That's a, that's a database strategy. You, yeah. you can't do that. If you walked up to somebody and said, Hey, I want you to go back and find everybody that you've talked to <laughs> more than six months ago. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let me start going through my emails and find all of the emails that I have. You're not going to be able to do it. And the fact that he found that, now he's going to plug that hole now. Yep. That's a strategy that he's yeah. going to implement in his business. Yep. It's point. automation that's tied into his CRM. Yep. And it was one little tweak, and now that won't happen again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I joke about him losing four hundred fifty, but there was four hundred fifty thousand dollars in business. Yeah. Chilling out, average, chilling out there. Even if he got ten percent of those, that's significant. Yep. You know, yeah. when he got two or three of them, maybe somebody was going to do business with somebody else anyhow. But but what the interesting part about that is is the people responded and told him that yes so that's interesting yeah yeah and the but, da- I mean and it starts it goes back to the database like you said Scott you, he couldn't have done it if he was thumbing through his phone looking right. through his email well and that was a that was a cool email and and I'm actually not sure where that email came from I don't think that was one that I wrote yeah but I, I may have tweaked it or got it from somewhere but but the 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 feel of that email was super cool, right? It yeah. was it was something that was just like, hey, I get it. You know, I mean, I, I can tell you on our automation, one of the 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 automation that gets the and these are cold leads that are coming off of like Facebook ads, um, and we drip on them probably seventeen times in two weeks. Couple emails, couple of texts. The one that gets the most response is one that says. Hey, I'm going to take you're not responding as I'm not ready yet. I totally get it. I'm sure you're super busy. I just want to let you know I'm here if you ever need anything. That email gets more responses <laughs> yeah. than almost anything else. And people are busy. And, and you've got to understand, I mean, it's not that they don't like you. It's just that, you know, and especially if you're, and if you're sending those emails out on a regular, uh, regularly scheduled uh, uh, basis, um, it, it really is just, listen, in today's day and age, the consumer drives the sale at all times. And and we as consumers want to do things on our terms in our time. Mm-hmm. Um, don't call me and tell me about your product. If I'm interested in your product, I'm probably going to Google it and I'm going to do my research first. And then I'll talk to you about how I get involved in it. So think about that shift in how we buy and sell. So you're not selling on those emails. You're just like, Hey, I knew you were interested just in case you still are. I'm here if you need me. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that messaging is important. Yeah. So let's take a long view perspective on the database for a second. Um, and you know, what, what I, what I tell people when I sit down and talk with them about, uh, strategy is this is chapter one. You can't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 10. Right. right. But let's think about what chapter 10 might look like. So chapter one is first name, last name, email, maybe chapter two or three is birthday. Um, chapter 10 can be then you're sending out the birthday cards on the regular or you're like, Hey, uh, you know, your kids, your kids now in high school, your kids off to college. Congratulations. That's a big deal. By the way, you know, is there anything I can do to help you, your kid find a place to live near school? Right. You know, whatever it is, you, you start tracking that. That's a sort of chapter 10 move. Um, in order to have a chapter 10, you have to have that chapter one. And so I think, you know, a couple of things we're talking about here is one, giving yourself that permission to, to use the product in the most minimum viable way. Um, but the other thing is, you know, we, we've talked about these drip campaigns and authenticity and all that sort of thing. I think all of that needs to come down to determining who you are as a person and what you actually care about. So as you're feature shopping, for example, um, and you're looking to your chapter 10, I think you need to be realistic about the kind of person you are. Like if you don't wish people a happy birthday in real life, why do you think you're going to do it through your database? You know what I mean? So have you guys, have you guys, uh, when you've set up your own databases or help people set up their own databases, have you ever had to have those conversations with people where they're just like, you know, they're, they're, they're like dream, uh, dream casting or vision casting this database. that's going to like solve all the, all of their problems. You know what I'm saying? As in like, I want to be the kind of person who does blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to make a machine do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that never works. You, that's actually, that's a, that's a really, really good point that, that your database should do what you, you normally would do. It's just taking stuff off your plate so you can focus on other things. So it augments your, what you are already doing your process. Yeah. It, it augments what you do. It amplifies who you can, how you can do it. It makes it a m- more efficient, but it should still be you. Yeah. You know, it should still be your, your authentic you. And you, you know, on birthdays now that with the invention of Facebook, I, most people <laughs> dread birthdays because you're like, Oh my God, all these people are wishing me bir- happy birthday. Cause it's so easy <laughs> and you got to go in there and you got to thank people and all this kind of stuff. So you know, I mean, a hand. If you're the kind of person that sends a handwritten birthday card, and that's super, super powerful, then you put that in your CRM. Don't forget to send somebody your a handwritten birthday card. See, I'm. I if if I were to set up CRM and I I was going to be like write this handwritten birthday card, that would never happen because <laughs> I'm not that guy. But the right. guy I am is I'm the guy who sends a stupid gift to people on their and you know on their birthday, right? Like some sort of animated gift, you know? <laughs> That's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the guy that sends you the like My Little Pony Happy Birthday animated <laughs> gift. <laughs> that one's always a winner, you know. And you can you can use but like texting. That's the bottom line, right? So you can use a CRM to send a happy birthday text, yeah. and that actually feels way more personal. You know, once a year, send this text. Hey, happy birthday. Hope you're doing well. Look forward to connecting with you soon. There's my, my, my little pony gift again. <laughs> <laughs> I got this great one of Donald Trump dancing. It's really good. <laughs> I can't wait. My birthday's coming up. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited now. Uh, those animated, I, have one, I have one friend. I've been sending this. So we started this tradition years ago where... 
we started with one gift and then we didn't stop all day. So I probably oh, hit him with 30 God. gifts over the course of a day. <laughs> I got a Dell where I was hitting him every hour. I was doing, I was hitting him with a gift every single hour while traveling from Washington DC to California. I was moving back. It was like driving and on the nose, my alarm would go off. I'd be like, Oh, hold on. Hey, I got to pull over. <laughs> Think, you know, fire that gift off. That's the best. You can't, that's going to get you listings. <laughs> Everybody should adopt that. I think a CRM is going to come out tomorrow that that's all it does. <laughs> Birthday gift CRM. Birthday gift CRM. <laughs> oh, oh, that's amazing. So, okay. Um, we're coming up at uh, time, or if we're not, we should be because everyone's dying. Um, <laughs> so, A, so the problem of databases. You don't have one. The reason you don't have one is you're probably overthinking it. Yep. Uh, we, we actually had a meeting just earlier yeah. today. <laughs> Ricardo and I just got out of a meeting with an agent, and they were like, we got all these databases and this and that. And the agent was just like spinning dishes off, you know? Like yep. he's like spinning all these plates. And it's like, no, okay, listen. Simple, simple, simple. First name, last name, email. Just That's get it. it in there. Just get it in there. And That's I get it. it. It's so much harder than it sounds. It sounds so easy to do, but it's, it's one of those things that's vitally important. Yeah. Gotta just take the time and do and it. And I, I think if you're, if you're pulling the information from your phone, I think you can export a, a spreadsheet if you go to contacts.google.com if you're using Google for your contacts. I don't know about Apple. Ricardo, there's an app. What was the app? Uh, first, first, first impressions, I think. It's first.io is the website that'll open up in the app store, or Android store. The app is actually kind of cool. Um, I've used it uh, on my phone with my contacts as a demo account. What it does is it connects to your phone, imports all of your contacts, and then appends addresses for everybody that's in your in your contact records. It does the same for your email. So you log into your email, it takes all of that database, and it appends addresses. And then it gives you a nice, pretty little CSV file that you can download and upload wherever you want to take it. I mean, that's powerful. That's super powerful. And it's also not a bad excuse to call through that database once, update it, make sure you're touching bases with everybody and just launch that, prepare them for the, okay, I'm going to be reaching out every once in a while. Yeah. So, I mean, the app is, is, is kind of cool every day or so it'll send me alert. Um, like the alert that I got yesterday was it's national CMA day. Just kidding. But seriously, you should send a CMA to someone without in, with an increasing home value this week. The app sent you that? The app sent me that. So maybe that's a feature they could have done without. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you would look at that, you're like, that's dumb. That's <laughs> you just interrupted me for that. Did you do it? No. Yeah, that's How many CMAs did you fire off, Tile oh, Boy? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. CMA for uh, but, no, but, but really for, for people that, and, and I think we missed this, but for people that are just getting started or brand new to the business, they don't have a database. You know, there's places where you can buy a database. You can run Facebook ads to build a database of buyers yeah. to generate yeah. a database. Absolutely. There's, Consumer Direct is a great way to yep. build to build database, either, either doing uh, Facebook ads. And if you, you're... Most people getting in the business do not not have a sphere of influence. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the very first thing all agents are taught is who's your sphere? Who do you know? Who, who do, who's your relatives, your people that you know, people you've worked with before? Put them all together. That's a database. And it doesn't and, have to be big either. No. No. I mean, my sphere is pretty small. It's like a handful of people in Ricardo's mom. 
<laughs> I, I wonder if that's going to make it to the final cut. I sure hope it does. I sure hope it does. My God. That was awesome. <laughs> so we're going to end this exactly the way we started it, it looks like. <laughs> so, but you were saying. It, it, I mean, it, and, and listen, if you're not sure what to do, just start putting them into an Excel spreadsheet because yes. any, yeah. any, any database will accept a, an Excel spreadsheet. Yep. So while you're deciding which way to do it, uh, Google Docs, Google Sheets is free. Yeah. You should have some sort of, you know, some sort of spreadsheet on your on your phone or on your your computer. Don't leave it there. Get it into a database, but at least start organizing your contacts. Yeah. And I want to lose Ricardo's mom's number. <laughs> Both of them <laughs> burn her phone too. <laughs> And then after the go phone, the go phone. (laughs) And then after you've done that, right. Incrementally add the information you care about again, focused on who you are as a person and what you're actually going to make use of. Don't let all the bells and whistles of the CRMs uh, distract you from being the person that you are authentically, because frankly, you're just not going to get around to the bells and whistles that don't, don't uh, you know really tie into who you are? And then uh, Scott had also mentioned the community stuff, and I think that's important because if there's an active community, it probably means the CRM is powerful and worth investing in. Because you know you got a bunch of nerds throwing daggers at each other about it, um, or a bunch of nerds solving problems, creating plugins. Like that's what you want. Use cases, yeah. And you know that's so important because you you know you customer service these CRMs they're they, they're terrible normally, and people who are in forums are going to be a lot more detailed. They're going to have niche problems that you have, and they're going to solve them for you. And if you, you know, if you download a CRM that doesn't have that robust community, you're going to find yourself alone, and that's not a good place to be with a CRM. Yeah, and and, and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to outsource the setup. If you know exactly what you want your yeah. CRM to look like, pay somebody to do it. You know, get somebody in there to just set it up for you. Or if you're in the if you're in the real estate space, like we said, uh, Ricardo has a, a course on Lion Desk. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of these, well, that, and that's because they have a big community mm-hmm. and the community was like, we need some sort of training. So you stepped mm-hmm. up, users stepped up and, and delivered that product. So, um, paying, paying yeah. someone's really, see, I've done this. I'll, I'll just, you know, this is, we're in the trench for being honest. We, you know, we got dirt on ourselves here. Like I've, I've spent a bunch of money on CRMs and then I told myself I'm going to set it up cause I don't want to pay some developer another 1500 two grand mm. to set it up mm. and then it never got set up and all of that money went went out the window like going back to that one crm where it was basically just you should have gotten zapier um <laughs> right i mean uh this one was called prosper works and then it was bought out by a company called copper um i call it crapper in my head but that's not the point the point is <laughs> the if, cease and desist will arrive shortly yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> terrible you guys lie on your anyway um, <laughs> the point is is if i had paid somebody i probably would have had a lot more success and i probably still have the yeah. crm today but instead i kept telling myself i'm going to do it and it's like it's so it's so short-sighted right because again now looking you know the chapter 10 chapter 10 might be i want to exit i've built up these relationships over time and i want to have something that's an asset that i can sell to your point, Scott, that that's what a CRM could be. I've had the exact same experience. I use Infusionsoft, and Infusionsoft is one of those things that can do absolutely anything. Um, we paid we paid people a bunch of money a couple of times to set it up, and that kind of taught me how to set it up. So when there's tweaks in the future, I already saw what somebody did, so I already kind of know how to do it. And most people they'll they'll do it with you. 
right? So they'll teach you how to do it. Hey, I wanted to do this. Okay. They'll teach you how to do it so you can do it moving forward. But yeah, don't, don't not do it because you don't know how get somebody in there, get it set up and get it going. Yeah. Do it right. That's do right. It right. And just do it. Yeah. Do it at all. And that's, that's <laughs> the bottom line. I mean, honestly, that's the solution to the problem of CRMs. You don't have one, just get one. Yep. Yeah, and don't overthink it. If you have thoughts about CRMs that you would like to hear us talk about more, or if you have questions that you feel like we didn't answer, you know, with regards to building databases, check out the show notes. We'll tell you where you can go to engage with the community. This is a conversation we're having with you all. This isn't just the three of us um, and Ricardo's mom and spirit. Um, <laughs> this is this is us wanting to collaborate with you. So check out the show notes. We'll tell you where to do that. And uh, yep, yeah, that's been it. Till next time.